Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And get ready, everyone. I am so pleased to introduce you to today's guest, who is a powerhouse. She creates movements and literally assists people to bridge to new earth. We are going to be talking about how we go through our world as a relentless champion of our vibration. This is your mastery coming forward. And Jennifer Huff is here to assist you in realizing that mastery. It is what you were born to do and the physics of what happens when you're in alignment is what we're talking about today. Please welcome Jennifer Huff to Quantum Conversations. Jennifer, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Loren. We are talking about a very uh, topic, a deep topic that touches our souls here very deeply as we're talking about New Earth and our purpose and our passion and our mission. This is really what you are striving to tap everybody into as well. And it's not everybody, but it's for the leaders. It's for those who make change and not only make change on a local level, but you're now helping people expand it to a national level. And that is dynamic. So we're going to talk all about that. It really is a different world that we are creating from this little existence right now. So let's share about your mission, your mission really on this purpose. Well, um, it's interesting because I think like a lot of people who start to see that uh, I'm very young. In fact, when I was five years old, I started to see that the world was kind of odd to me. Why does everyone treat each other badly? Or why do people mm-hmm. yell at each other? Or why do countries go to war? You know, and and I find a lot of people that are 
called to do some work to make the world a better place feel felt the same at five or four years old. You know, they kind of looked around at their parents and thought, you know, isn't there a better way? Isn't there another way? So for me, the the movement starts sort of the moment that you that you realize that there's polarity and there's incongruence in the world, that the amount of harmony you know is possible and what's actually surrounding you are two different things. So I think the movement starts like a movement within yourself, like I want to move to that degree of harmony until you get to the space where you're actually bringing heaven with you no matter where you go. You actually become the conduit for that for that um, fluidity. It doesn't mean that everything's always perfect. It doesn't mean everything's always happy. Um, that's not really what the movement is towards. It's really, and I feel like so many people on this earth, we were talking earlier, so many people right now are feeling like some, something else is possible. And for me, it's at the level of operating system. I remember when, when I was little, I wasn't really thinking about how you change it. Um, but I do remember as I grew up hearing, like, I just knew there was a quantum leap available. And by analyzing the living daylight out of my past, um, which was beautiful work and I appreciate it, I thought, how are we going to ever get an entire planet to find its alignment with its nature if we're all focused on what's wrong with us individually, which, of course, in physics just creates more opportunity to see what's wrong with us. It's like watching the news, you know. You keep watching the news and everything on the news is, you know, I'd say 98% of what's on the news is about what's wrong with the world. That's what makes it news. The problem is that we don't, it doesn't make the news if it's positive and expansive and life-changing. You have to watch some other program to see that. And so, for me right now, it's it's you know, it's looking at the level of operating system. Like, how are we operating together that's so off? And why is it that we're so off? That was a question I started to ask in my 20s. And uh, and in my 30s, it became a little bit more clear. But as I got into my 40s, I really realized that it wasn't about the self-analysis until the day you die or the fixing yourself because you're broken until the day you die. It's actually the entire approach we're taking to how we're living our lives, including the methodologies of analyzing and excavating and just it's exhausting. And so part of that new operating system um, has us approach incongruencies a completely different way. Not that they're not that those incongruencies and those directions and those uh, ways we do things are wrong, they're broken and they need fixing, but they're actually creating clarity that uh, expands better solutions. And so, um, you know, it's a huge conversation, honestly. It's, you know, the, the evolution of um, where I was when I was little, when I was noticing all these things being off, which I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, it, the journey from there to 
oh my gosh, I don't want to make slow changes. I want to study physics and I want to figure out how to make quantum leap changes, not at the level of one issue at a time, but at the level of the entire way we approach issues in the first place. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, we want quantum leap changes. Yeah. We can't have them fast enough. <laughs> well, you know, I think the more contrast there is in the world, the more either we, you know, the responses to all of the polarity in the world right now, the political polarity, the economic uh, chasm there is between um, different people, most people, when they watch all of this, they don't know what to do. So most people feel disempowered and some people feel pretty darn depressed. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do in my own little world, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, for those of us that have always felt like, wait a second, we we can do something, but it can't be linear. It can't be addressing one problem at a time. It has to be like big, big thinking, you know? Mm. Yes. How does passion tie into that? Because when people wake up and realize, okay, I want to do what brings me joy, but sometimes there's a numbness from being in that old paradigm that we've lost sight of the dream. So how do you get, how do you bring people's dream back if they've been so numb to it to give it up? Well, the cool thing is that, you know, just to give some basis for what I'm about to say, let's just talk about physics, okay? So I had a pretty, I had a pretty linear upbringing. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom was a teacher. You know, we went to doctors. You know, it's pretty normal, pretty normal household. Um, it hasn't had its own challenges and stuff, but. I didn't really have much of an interest in physics um, (laughs) at the time at all. I had a questioning mind about spirituality and about the church and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I wanted to know where everything went when we died. So to the question of passion, uh, I got sick around the time I was I don't know, uh, end of my 20s. I had been working with street kids and I'd been living on a sailboat while working in a big multinational and I got exposed to some really toxic stuff while living on my sailboat and I could easily have died a lot sooner than this based on what I ingested and apparently that stuff um, can kill you, the stuff I got exposed to. But I started to study nutrition, which healed me about two-thirds, and I ran the largest nutrition practice in Canada. And then I realized that, what, you know, I asked the question, what about the other third? How come I'm not healing? And that's when my passion start and started. Now, I didn't know that that would be a passion either, for that matter. In fact, for the most part, I had spent the rest of my life checking off the check boxes of how you live a great life doing all this stuff to check the check boxes and in the end I checked all the check boxes like the house, the cars, the you know, the 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 land, the beautiful husband, the beautiful life, and it did not make me happy. So it's interesting how when we don't follow our passion but we check the check boxes, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me after I got sick 
to a place where I realize that, you know, there's more to us than just molecules, which, you know, at the level of nutrition, you can affect molecules. But if you want to affect your entire life and actually feel fulfilled, which, by the way, is what I was trying to get to when I was, uh, you know, marrying the president of the company and having checking all my check boxes, uh, when I realized that what I wanted was fulfillment and happiness and living in my passion, um, I realized that I had to study beyond the particles of science at the level of, you know, cells and biology and nutrition. I realized that I had to go to physics to look at the whole way that we're designed. And so when you talk about passion, um, I asked myself back then, you know, with respect to how physics works, what is passion? So, well, physics is the study of some of the smallest particles that we're made of. And what physics says is where we put our energy, we get more of, we get more of that. So who we put it on, how we put it on, the paradigms we put it on. And so as I realized that if you could have, if you could actually dance with the smallest particles of you, you could literally affect anything. You could affect change about anything. And so where does passion come in when we're trying to affect change in the world? Well, if you imagine that your ideas and your creativity are the result of um, the contrast that you see, and what you're talking about is people that feel so down because and disempowered because they've experienced so much contrast and maybe they're watching TV or maybe they're experiencing people being you know, horrific out there in the world, and they're watching that. And as they experience that, what happens is, and no one's giving them the way out of it, and no one's uh, guiding them to how you can use your life to shift all of that. In fact, we're told that we're powerless over it, that there are other people that are smarter than us that have power, when in actuality, any single one of us um, can affect all of creation through understanding physics, um, when someone has gone that far from themselves and has forgotten themselves so far, how do they get back to the dream? How do they get back to uh, stepping up? Well, what happened to me is I started to understand the physics of flow, the physics of happiness, and the physics of fulfillment. It's like I didn't know how to step out of how sick I was. I didn't know that there was science and um, deep mystical principles that are based in physics that could actually um, help me transcend all of that. So that's one thing, is understanding how the basic particles of life work. So that would be step one. Step two, which I didn't know at the time, was <laughs> you actually need people around you. You can't do it by yourself. You can't step out of all this density by yourself. 
because most of the world is in the abyss, right? They're in the hopelessness. They're in survival mode. They're not really looking to make change or to live in fulfillment. They're looking to make sure they make their car payment or they have a roof over their head or they, you know, even if they have lots and lots of money, it's like, how do I keep the money? So everyone's in some form, most people are in some form of survival mode. So the problem is when you make um, changes to yourself and you start understanding yourself as the great idea that the entire universe had. In other words, I, you, and everyone listening right now had to have been infinite wisdom's idea at some point or we wouldn't be here. And if that's the case, then we're no mistake. And if we're no mistake and we came from creation and we're made of particles of creation, then we must be creators. So we get incredibly unhappy when we're not creating. So, and even worse, in order to create, you really have to co-create because you need to have to have enough contrast with the people around you to be able to get the ideas. So, um, and when you're living like that, that's not like everybody else because they're not trying to co-create, they're trying to survive. So you need to find your tribe. You need to find people that are willing to live that way. You need to find people that are willing to come out of the clouds and pop up into the sunshine and surround yourself with that because it's not the majority of people who live in that space. And so when you try to do it alone, it's so easy to be taken back down by the people around you. So tribe, for me, is essential, essential, essential. And the last thing is you need to find people who are examples of uh, ones that have come from a place where you felt. Otherwise, it's really hard to believe a teacher that hasn't actually done what you're seeking to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you really need to find the people that actually have built the bridges out of that place themselves so that they speak your language. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that as a very depressed teenager who had acne and really thick glasses as a <laughs> just didn't understand the world, definitely did not fit in with everybody else. I was taller than everyone else. I was quiet. I I separated myself because I was incredibly shy. Um and it you know, you have to you have to find the people or the teachers that you resonate with that instead of selling you on some program and manipulating you into something, you actually allow your heart to resonate with someone who's a, you know, who's a soul family member and allow them to contribute to you the, what I would call, codes and ideas and skills and technologies that actually brought them to where they are. And so we get to pay ourselves. And then you become someone like that for someone else. So um, that's when you're really in your passion, when you're paying forward what you've lived, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it is beautiful. We hear and feel that this year is really one for people to step up. And so I thank you for sharing ways that people can really tap into um, their passion again and move forward. Those were really good tips. And getting out of survival mode really is 
the key. And so for those who are still there, don't worry. It's a shift in energy. You talk a lot about uh, resonating with soul family members and surrounding ourselves with the people that we want to be with. And that creates a synergy. And so as we do that, um, in this year of 2020, it really requires a newness in all ways. And I'm going to share an example. Like, it's not the old system. You and I, for example, we were due to meet, and we talked before our show, and we totally changed the direction of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the energies of our particular time is all about. Can you speak to that? Well, this it's so funny. Many years ago, I was talking to um, a woman that I used to mentor, and uh, and she she's now gone to, to oh my gosh, she's running such a great company um, teaching women to do philanthropy in the world. But she's a systems person. Like that's how she's done what she's done. She's she loves systems. And um, if you, I remember saying to her, Laura, I think that it would be really powerful, given the direction that this world is going, if we created a system for being able to change your systems really quickly. She said, what do you mean a system to change systems? I said, if you have a system... And the world speeds up. And she said, what do you mean the world speeds up? He said, well, here's the deal. If we're in this world, the more contrast human beings see, the more they ask for. And in physics, the more you ask for, the more you desire, the more you imagine the world being different, um, the more gets created in the future trajectory of consciousness, right? So... In that future trajectory of the way civilization can evolve, we've created this huge array of amazing possibilities. They actually exist in a different timeline. So how cool is that? That's but really cool. Problem, yeah. Right? But the, so, so we think that contrast is all bad, but what we forget is the asking are actually created in physics in a parallel timeline. So you know, they're all waiting for us to catch up to. The problem here is that um, the more we ask, the more intense the flow of life. In other words, the more, um, okay, let's let's see if we can all go down this rabbit hole together and actually see this the way that I see it sort of holographically. If everything is made of really small particles and waveforms and frequencies and all that kind of stuff at the smallest, smallest, smallest level, and um, physics only responds to our askings, and so new possibilities are created in physics at a much greater speed. So imagine that all these solutions, so in physics, what happens when we have all these ideas and all these dreams is instantaneously all the ways to get to those dreams are also created immediately. If Mm. that's the case, imagine, like, if you compare it to 10 years ago, a thousand times more solutions, a million times more solutions and new 
uh, dreams have been launched into existence at a much greater pace the more contract there is than, let's say, 10 years ago. So what we used to do, and if you're a type A personality like me, you, you know, we used to be able to get things done and have a pretty confident, you know, time of it. And it's like, oh, you want me to do that? Okay. Um, here are the steps. I'm going to follow those steps and then I'm going to get it done. And everyone, you know, we all would meet each other's expectations or at least we would do our best. But these days, everything's moving so fast that the way, the ways that you can get to the solutions change daily. So meaning, um, our solution for the last version of this interview was, you know, we were going to talk about X, right? We were going to talk about applied physics or whatever we were going to talk about, right? We were going to mm-hmm. talk about thriving forward. And then we hop on a conversation yesterday and we realized, oh, my God, we both see the same thing, that the world is 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 changing so quickly and that people are feeling a little out of sorts and, like, they can't like the train is going too fast. They can't jump on. They don't understand. You know, they're they're feeling quite powerless and wanting tools, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so we started talking about how quickly things are changing, and we became a living example of how quickly things change because mm-hmm. we actually changed the topic of discussion, mm-hmm. right? Because we were flowing. And even what we're going to talk about, we were bringing people to because we were talking about how can we best serve here and what was in the highest for us to talk about a month ago is now completely flipping different. Mm -hmm. So we're now in a conversation where we're, we're wanting to talk about what we're talking about right now, which is how do we, how do we integrate with life at the speed of change that's happening now. How do we do that? And how human beings, we all do that, is the same thing you and I did yesterday. First of all, we kind of have to watch for the clues. Now, do you you mind if I use our conversation yesterday as an example? Oh, please do. Okay. It's perfect. So here are the clues. Everything happens for you. That's principle number one. If everything happens for you, then if you see a glitch – then that glitch is usually a clue that you need to come in. So, for instance, you and I were talking about how we were going to do this interview, and there was a little tiny glitch, and my assistant was like, oh, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me hop on the phone. So I hop on the phone with Lauren, and, we, and of course, I'm usually pretty I, – I usually relinquish my grip on things because I know there's usually a bigger reason why I'm hopping on the phone. It's not because of the glitch. Mm-hmm. So then I get curious about Lauren and get curious about who you are and why you're here. And then, of course, we have this great conversation. And instantaneously, we start changing what we're talking about on the fly. It never really was about the little thing that we started to talk about. It was really about hopping on the phone, getting to know each other, feeling connected, and seeing what we could do together that would actually make a huge impact on how people can um, keep up with the pace of change, but not only keep up, actually thrive um, with, you know, with with their ability um, to understand how everything is happening right now and with some new skill set 
to be able to live at this this pace of constant asking because of the constant contrast. Like, how do we not get overwhelmed, bamboozled, um, splintered, you know, all over the place? And how do we stay out of that level of hopelessness? Um, if we just give the answer to that question, how do I stay out of hopelessness, that would be the booby prize. It really is. How do we use the laws of physics and the laws of life to thrive forward and build bridges to this new way that humanity is starting to operate on the fast track? And, you know, it's like you and I both know, we have to be willing to let go of expectations. We have to be willing to let go of what we think is supposed to happen and to make way for what I like to call or betters. It's like life is constantly redesigning things to the or better version. Um, so being able to let go of what you thought should happen to make way mm-hmm. for what actually is in the highest is, is a skill set in this new world and new operating system. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to talk about that. So thank you. It's really fascinating what you're talking about when physics responds to the asking. And the more that we imagine things being different, the more that there's possibilities. That's why on this program, we always encourage everyone to hold the vision of New Earth and hold this vision no matter what, because we we feel it in our heart. You were saying in the beginning that you knew when you were a little girl looking around that it just, there's got to be a better way. And I'm saying too that, yes, I think we all, anyone listening to this program looked around as a child and said, wow, there's got to be a better way. And that's really these ideas and these dreams that we're really creating So how do you use the laws of the universe and physics then to really create and magnetize that to you? That's the number one question. I mean, it's really deep. We can go on. But it's like, how do we get the money flowing? But it's really an almost an energy. This is a deeper conversation, but it's almost an energetic release of doing things for the money. We are shifting into doing it in service. So how do the physics work on that? Well, when it comes to money, that's an interesting little paradigm. Um, there's, a, there's a great little book called The Illusion of Money um, by Kyle C. It's a fabulous little book. Um, and uh, I would say that he and I pretty much concur on the entire subject. Um, And what I would say is this. We hear lots of people talk about this very trite sort of new agey quote saying that, you know, everything is energy, like money is just energy. That's not really helpful when you don't have any of it (laughs) or when your perception is you don't have any of it. And we could talk about principles that everybody talks about in that, you know, you just have to get yourself to the frequency where abundance flows and let go of all the limiting beliefs of, uh, you know, the people who 
put limiting beliefs about money in your head. Sure, those things are all true. Um, however, in times of great change, the polarity between people who have lots of money and don't have lots of money happens because people who play with money from the place of power, i.e. money equals power, sort of understand power as being able to manipulate the three-dimensional reality that we're in. In other words, they have power over people, they have power over real estate and buildings and resources. Mm. And if you have more money, that's what that's what money means. Money means power. But there's a whole other paradigm and and just to give people a real sense of this, um, if you can draw this in your mind, I love drawing when I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can draw this in your mind, at the level of, I want you to imagine there's different levels. One is the level of affirmation or thought. You can change your relationship to money at the level of affirmation or thought, like I am abundant, um, and just affirm, put sticky notes around your house, and just tell yourself some new thinking. And it's very arduous, and it takes forever. So then you can change your um, relationship to abundance at the level of beliefs. And beliefs are just thoughts that you've thunk <laughs> for a very long time. So, for instance, if you collect evidence for a certain thought that you have that maybe you're fat or or that you're never going to, you know, you're never going to be rich or whatever it is, at the level of thought, basically, eventually, you believe it. You believe it like, well, I guess my family paradigm is just not that we're wealthy. That just becomes your belief. Or people who are born in the area of Ohio that I was born are just not wealthy, right? And you start having belief systems. Now, if you change, if you talk about new thoughts for long enough, eventually, after a very, very long time, your beliefs can change. Um, Neurolinguistic programmers would say it would take three weeks, but it takes way longer than that. It's if you do it at the at the basis of a thought. Um, next is, and this is where it gets a little bit more interesting, is when we change our relationship to abundance. Because remember, this is where it gets interesting. Remember what I've been talking about since the beginning of the interview. It's been all about at the level of operating system. Like how are, how do we need to operate differently on this planet? Because the way we're operating right now is not congruent. It's not mutually honoring. It doesn't um, create cycles of reciprocity and abundance for all. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just doesn't. So So what do we do? Well, there's the next level. So we did the thoughts, we did beliefs. The next level is at the level of knowing. Now, you might think, like, that's that's it. All we got to do is at the level of knowing. If there was some work that could change what you know in yourself to be true, right? So you can literally convince your logical brain that's kept all these protective mechanisms and all these paradigms and belief systems real. If you could literally all of a sudden shift your logical brain into a different gear where all of the wealthy, abundant people live, 
then all of your thoughts would change and all of your beliefs would change. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a whole level of, like, your knowing. It might be a conversation about the fact that the entire universe is, is so abundant and in its abundance and you're and you study the science of it so deeply that you understand that you're made of particles of the entire universe so the fundamental basis of your existence you are the abundance of the universe and even if we take it deeper well we can't go too much deeper because then we get into the next level which is at the level of deeper universal truth so Knowing is like I know you start to cellularly know that you're a divine child of an infinite universe, and we might even say, for instance, the trees are breathing out what you're breathing in right now, and you've never had a shortage of air, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to do anything to deserve this breath of air. And even if you live in a northern climate where it's freezing cold, there are trees that are alive that are breathing out right now or trees, trees that aren't dormant that are breathing out right now that you get the oxygen of. That's how abundant it is. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's at the level of knowing. It's like, yeah, I know that. I get that. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. Now I don't have to change my every individual thought, and I don't have to change my collective thoughts at my belief level. I actually now understand, like, I know that that's who I am. But, again, it's powerful. I mean, that's what we used to teach, but, but, you know, my little inquisitive mind is like, what about the deepest work? Like, what if we went into the land of the small, like, the existence, the smallest particles of existence, like the the teeny tiny little metaphysical particles that decided to join together to make up 75 trillion cells, the cells of which decided to come together to make up this body, the body of which decided to be the cells which decided to house the spirit that in this lifetime is called Jennifer. Um, what if we, so, so you know, at the level of thoughts, we're talking, you know, 3D. Beliefs, we're still talking 3D. Cellular knowing, maybe you're getting a little cellular, maybe down to the molecular level. But what if, what if we went all the way down to the universal level? Forget about Forget about 3D and then cells and then, you know, let's just go right to the universal level. What if we could speak to the part of us that actually exists at the place of at the place of certain things just are. It just is. And what if we could line ourselves up with the way that the nature of everything flows. Not this human-invented operating system where there's only so much um, of a pie and then you end up with, you know, whatever your slice of the pie is and you have to fight for that. And the harder you fight, the bigger you slice the pie. That's like a three-day thought-based existence. You know, you think yourself to a better survival than other people. But at the level of universal flow, we're talking about thriving. We're talking about resources that are endless. There's not one pie. There's like five trillion pies, right? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to get a piece of one of them. You're, you want to play with all of them. And at the level of that consciousness, 
what if we could actually catch our entire being up to understanding that we're that abundant, right? That at its fundamental basis, if we could bring ourselves to that level of existence about ourselves, fundamentally, we would understand it would be laughable to talk about where's my money. And you, as you would understand yourself that way, <laughs> would would actually have ideas and have openings for receiving money at a level, because money would no longer be a thing. Mm-hmm. Money would no longer be an issue for you. Because money is now just like the air that trees breathe out that you breathe in and the CO2 that you breathe out that the trees bring in. It's just, it's just what is. And at that level of understanding, what happens is money now becomes assumed. Now imagine if your entire relationship to monetary flow shifted such that it was the same as the air you breathe. And how far out of the way of everything you need, you would just be completely out of the way of all of the ideas that have been waiting for you and all of the action steps that have been waiting for you that you asked for when you were actually living the contrast. You would start catching up to the ideas. You would start acting on the ideas. You would start playing with the ideas. You would actually start having fun around making money. It wouldn't even be an issue anymore. So when we talk about the level of operating system, I'm talking about changing our operating system to get to that level of that uh, level of awareness of who one is that would allow us complete freedom from even needing to break beliefs that don't work. Because if you understood yourself at that level, <laughs> trying to work on a belief would make you laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's like working on a belief would be tiresome. It would be boring. So when I talk about new operating system, I'm really talking about transcending even the way that we work on beliefs and thoughts and going to the place of the level of who we really are um, as a function of uh, the creation that was dreamed into existence by infinite wisdom. And if we can come from that place, and then, of course, old beliefs are going to lead, and of course, you're going to feel unfamiliar, and of course, you're going (laughs) to... start to find yourself being much more free. And, of course, you're going to have to learn how to operate from a place of thriving because you still don't know how to do that. But at very least, we don't have to wait to excavate thousands of beliefs to get to a place where we can finally be abundant. See what I mean? That's beautiful. Yes. So this new operating system for humanity Oh, my goodness. Let's talk a little bit more about this. You are actually going to be teaching a two-hour course on this, but we want to make this like a little mini course of it. So this new operating system, 
oh my gosh, can you explain that a little bit more? You would say, okay, it's heart-based, but you did mention, you hinted at it when you said it lines up with the way nature flows. Yes, that is the biggest piece. So imagine how amazingly nature is engineered, right? It's just really pretty amazing, like seeds and bees and air going out and CO2 coming in and, Mm -hmm. you know, green stuff that helps our blood be rich and just all the nutrients we need in the soil. I mean, it's crazy how magical the entire system is, right? Mm -hmm. And it just flows with itself. It absolutely flows. And it definitely tells us when we're out of sync with it, right? Because stuff starts breaking down weather patterns start changing, all sorts of stuff happens when we stop being out of sync with it. Now, you'll notice I said when we stop being out of sync with it, but I really mean stop being out of sync with ourselves. Because human mm-hmm. beings are kind of, I, I, you know, I have to catch myself too. But we talk about, uh, we talk about nature as though she is, something outside of human beings. It's like trees and plants and animals and the ocean and, you know, maybe even the cosmos we include in nature. I don't know. But it's kind of funny, kind of arrogant, really, that we talk about it like she's separate from us. We're Mm -hmm. made of the original particles of stardust that have been replicated over time from whatever has happened at the beginning. And, And... we're formed of all of the molecules that ever were on this planet. And when I say molecules, I mean we're made of the water that could have been in the Indian Ocean that rained wherever you are, that got in the bottle somewhere that you drank. We're made of the, you know, the the tree that, the redwood tree that fell down, that created new dirt that provided the, you know, the carbon and the nitrogen and all that kind of stuff for something to grow that a bird ate, uh, an animal who ate that stuff, and the bird then flew halfway around the world to where you live, and uh, the bird died, and then you, you literally ate the stuff from the ground where that bird died. And you're made of those particles. It's literally we're made of, we, we are made of all of the atoms of everything that ever lived. All of us are. And so we are so, when I say we're part of nature, I don't, I don't just mean that, you know, we have a relationship to the trees just for the fact that they're breathing out what we're breathing in. I'm saying that we're made of exactly what the tree is made of. I'm saying that one day we, particles of us may become a tree. You know, and so our nature is to be in fluidity with all of nature. The way nature operates is our way. We are in, of, and in every possible way particles of everything that ever existed. And so the design was originally for human beings to actually have that generous flow of beauty, give and take, and reciprocity that is an actual operating system. It's an actual way that we were born. And when we get away from the 
generosity of what we have to offer and receiving what other people have to offer. When we get away from um, our abundant flow by being guarded and protective and um, hurting each other and all that kind of stuff, what happens is we're getting away from the abundant flow of the entire universe, as I was saying earlier, at the level of the entire universe. The universe laughs at the idea that there is an abundance. That's just a hilarious concept. And imagine that the engineering of this amazing planet is so brilliantly thought out around its ability to replicate and abundantly recreate flora and fauna and adapt. It is just ridiculous. Imagine if we as human beings had that experience and what are the what are the how to's and the paradigms necessary to understand to live in that degree of flow, just like how we were designed. So the cool thing is when stuff isn't working for us, we're out of the flow of the nature of our with our nature. And when we're, and I'm not talking about being a tree hugging, crunchy granola person, you know, not that, not that there's anything wrong with that. I love trees. I'm talking about there's a way, nature is our clue. She shows us every day how we were designed to work. And there are paradigms and how-tos and steps to be able to live in that degree of abundance. And some of the places that are its most obvious are places like Hawaii. It's just it's just ridiculously abundant there. And nature constantly is growing and greening and expanding and getting taller and wider and more. And so that's really that's really who we're designed to be. But we said first we've got to understand the principles. So does that kind of does that kind of give you an overview of what it feels like to be in that new operating system? Yes, it does. And so mimicking nature, um, you know, watching nature, watching ourselves. And and so then it really becomes um, being, like, like we titled this, be the relentless champion of your vibration. Uh, and that's the work that we've all been doing so much to um, just, you know, drive out or clear out the lower frequencies of fear that we have or anger or depression so that we can really be in the vibration of joy because that right yeah. there, that vibration of joy is is really another key component. Well, and imagine, Lorraine, that, that, that let's just take, you know, my little oak tree at the end of my driveway, okay? So there's, let me give you, let me offer some principles, some really practical, pragmatic principles. So if I offer that tree some fertilizer at the beginning, like I get some organic stuff and I just put it on the ground, the tree soaks it up and it gets greener and bigger and more beautiful and gives off more acorns because I gave it the stuff that it needed in order to do that. And then I'm going to end up with more oak trees, which I love because I love oak trees, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to end up with more oak trees than I could ever dream of based on the amount of acorns this thing is going to give off. 
So always in nature, when you give of yourself authentically and you really genuinely care for something, um, what happens is you get back way exponential. That's the law of nature. You get back exponentially more than you can possibly, you know, handle. That's one principle. Um, the second thing is you would never do that at the expense of another. So in other words, you at the expense of yourself, I'm sorry. So in other words, it's like a tr- that oak tree would never say, oh, oh, okay, maple tree, here, you have all those nutrients. I'll just, I'll just slowly whittle away without my nutrients. Um, nature doesn't do that. Nature definitely makes sure each individual is solely responsible for their own well-being, and everyone does their best. They don't always succeed, but everyone does their best to actually be conscious of what they need. Just even in a forest, how certain, you know, trees sort of grow to where the light is. They're always looking for the opportunity for them to thrive. But Mm. the other trees aren't looking for the opportunity for that tree to thrive. That tree is looking for it. And the cool thing is that, um, of course, the reciprocal relationship of shading the up-and-coming trees so they don't, you know, burn before they get a little bit. You know, there's so many things going on at the same time that that if we understood that in nature, the oak tree basically followed exactly as well as another principle, exactly what presented so if it was windy that day, it grew a little that way. If it, well, it if it rained a certain time, then it got a little bit bigger or grew another ring or whatever happened to it. If um, it was a drought year, it conserved and it, it was always responding to its environment perfectly because it's living in its total presence and beauty. So imagine if we had that much presence. We were in we were living our lives in the spirit of I was gifted this life and I'm going to do the best to do what is presenting for me and what's in the highest for me because I know if I do what's in the highest for me, it's going to be in the highest for the whole. Not hedonistically, but from a place of how the rain, how the moon, how the sun, how the everything is is operating with me, including my environment of other trees. In other words, in, in a human case, it would be including in my environment of other people. Imagine if we had that degree of presence, right? And so those are some of the principles of how nature works. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Looking for the opportunity to thrive. Yeah. Vigilance. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's being vigilant for the opportunities to thrive. So imagine that instead of, so in the new operating system, let, let's just look at some principles. So, for instance, we could say intention matters a lot, but I would say that intention is really a mental exercise. What What's up in the new operating system is not so much about intention, it's actually because in intention you're looking for some kind of inspired action. In the new operating system, you're actually taking what you think is the best action, the you start operating from living intention. In other words, acting. You start acting from from the direction you want to go instead of waiting for an intention to manifest something. 
Does that make sense? Oh, so there's yeah. way more, yeah, there's no time for intending stuff. It's like act. So here's an, so what comes from that? Well, if I just act, what if I get it wrong? What if, I, you know, what if I don't have clarity? Well, getting it wrong is really a go-it conversation because for the universe, there's no getting it wrong. So here's the next principle. You will be constantly redirected to what's in flow for you. So if you really are a particle of consciousness, then that means that consciousness is happening for you and it wants you to succeed. It wants you to create upon creation. Well, if it does, then if you go a direction that's a little bit off from the let's say, the reason you were born, you're going to find struggle. You're going to find, like, it's hard. You're going to find that all your electronics break. You know, you start making decisions that are incongruent with the direction you were born to be, and stuff's going to not work as well. That's how the universe redirects you. The slow track would be to intend, 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 pray, 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 wait, 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 you know, just... What if we acted and we got to be experts of the redirect so that we're actually a living meditation? That's what a tree is, a living meditation. It doesn't have to intend or meditate to get answers. What if we were so in alignment that we were constantly paying attention to how we were being redirected and vigilant for the light, vigilant for the opportunities, right? All of a sudden mm-hmm. now we're not so in our head. We're actually moving energy. Um, in directions and allowing ourselves not to perceive um, times of struggle as us getting it wrong, but just being redirected. So that's one of the principles as well. So the next thing is the presumption that the entire universe is constantly presenting us with what we need. So there's sort of an underlying assumption that everything's happening for us instead of to us. So even if what we need is a little bit of hardship to kind of undo a misunderstanding, you know, a little bit of difficulty in order to wake us up to something we were we were off about, mm. you know, the belief we didn't have that was quite right. So even that's, you know, congruent. So these are the kinds of, I mean, there's, we probably have about, 30 or 40 of those principles of the new operating system at this point. But those are some of the ones that, uh, those are some of the ones that come to mind. Thank you for sharing. Um, it really is interesting to look at everything this way, to know that just being really present in our life and watching will direct us to the flow. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, now, the new operating system for humanity, this is a course, it's two hours long, you're going to go over more of the principles so we can really apply this. And I just yeah. want to say, Jennifer, thank you for this, because I'm, you are a global teacher, you teach at some prestigious places, including the Omega Institute, and this course is something that you're offering at a very special rate for our yes. listeners so that we can really behold it. And it's really quite beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, would you like to share more about what we're going to learn in the new operating system for humanity? So what we'll learn 
um, first of all, are, I would say, the first 12 of the most important gear shifts, like shifting of gears. And so instead of understanding yourself, I'll give you one, for instance, instead of understanding yourself as a child of your biological child of your parents, imagine at a much deeper level the universe looked at everything that was possible for um, the shifts that are being asked for on this planet and looked at every blade of grass and every grain of sand and every star in the sky and thought that you were a good idea in the instant that you were born. So in other words, you're really a child of an infinite universe and infinite wisdom. If that's true, it kind of takes the pressure off everything that happened as a child of your biological parents because, in fact, even what was going to happen there was already known. You chose it so that you could get some lessons, so that you could become that piece of the puzzle of heaven on earth that the universe already saw you to be. Now, that's a game changer, right? Yes. So there are 12 of those that we will move through that will change your relationship to life. So that's one. The second thing is we're going to... um, We're going to do some work around transcending the need to fix yourself anymore and really um, understanding the principles of thriving, like what it actually means to thrive. So just think of that word, thrive. It means like expanding forward without limits, right, versus versus surviving better. And we're going to go through a little questionnaire so that you understand the degree to which you are just surviving better. Because as long as you're surviving better, you might be having a pretty good time thing. You might be doing okay. And you might even know lots of stuff and have read lots of books and taken lots of courses. But you don't really know that you're surviving better until you know it. And when you realize that you're in the paradigm of surviving better, um, it kind of cloaks you from seeing that there's a whole other operating system of thriving that is so far beyond the work it takes. So one of the benefits is that things start getting more effortless. After we'll do this two hours, things will get a lot more effortless. Because in the land of thriving, you're not striving to survive better for your little piece of the pie, for your little piece of pie, right? you're operating with infinite resources. So what's the paradigm shift for that? So we'll we'll talk about that too. And the last thing is we're going to talk about the three main ways that human beings um, sabotage themselves from thriving, sabotage themselves from the new operating system, and how to completely avoid them so mm-hmm. that... At like sort of having built-in mechanisms to stop yourself from sabotaging yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. You so, know, and really understanding what it means to get out of your own way. Absolutely. You know that that's the program that I teach, right? <laughs> well, you yes. know that. <laughs> it's that's it's that's a huge thing, and and yeah. it's so simple. Some might not even understand what that means. But, yeah, yeah, we get in our own way. I've seen it in my own life um, take over no, for years, did. actually. Yeah, years. Yeah. So it's really yeah. liberating. Yes. And it's really getting out of the way of 
see, everything's flowing and expanding in nature. It's constantly in its abundance. So that's our natural state. So it's really getting out of the way of our own nature. And we don't even know, like these aren't standard ways that we do it that we'll talk about. These are ways that are really insidious that we get in our way that most people don't even know. And if, if, and then, and then when you get the mechanisms in place, to just the instant you start going down the the path of most resistance, <laughs> if those mechanisms are in place, you'll almost switch out of those old patterns. Like it'll just be like a snap, just so quickly. You'll just snap right out of it and go right back to that to that operating system of thriving. So we'll for sure do those three things because for for me those are those are huge for people. Yes, it's a very liberating. I already feel that already. That is the quantum leap that we are looking for. And I love how it really is expanding forward without limits. And it, it, it does get spiritual. It's us knowing within ourselves so deeply that we're doing the right thing and that it's literally why we are here on the planet. That is mm-hmm. such a powerful gift that we can each give ourselves. And it's simply, as you put, the new operating system. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's exciting, right? It's, and, and you know what's really cool, Loren? The, the, that new operating system is being birthed as we speak. It's still being birthed and forming itself. But it's as a result of all of our asking and all of our frustration and all of our witnessing the craziness in the world so like if you're a person that has noticed all the stuff that's going on in the world you've been frustrated or even you know something else is possible but you don't know how to put your finger on it and you can feel that urgency inside that something else is possible this is the the universe created this in response to those asking so if you're one of those people that wants to know how to build bridges to a new humanity and you want to kind of get the information on how and where do we begin and, you know, what what are the steps and all that kind of stuff. Literally, this opt- this operating system and even this, this um, program that we're putting on will show you exactly, exactly what's next. Like, where do you go very pragmatically, what to do, and how to thrive forward. So inspiring and hopeful for us. I know um, as we've started in these energies and the current energies, it's kind of been turbulent for some. But again, as we understand this operating system that you're speaking of, as we do understand that, we move through it. And as you say, we move through it quickly and effortlessly. So that is beautiful. I want to say... I'm very grateful for you, Jennifer, to offer this course. Normally, this is a $200 course. You've got it for our audience at $33. That's a beautiful gift. Again, thank you for that. And one thing that I love is there's another tool that we're including, and it's plant music. And one of the beautiful things about the plant music, as you said, is that you know, nature is reflecting back to us, um, mm-hmm. or not reflecting back to us, but they're giving us this 
vibration of thriving and abundance and yeah. uh, frequencies of just higher love. And we're including plant music as well with this program. Plant music is so lovely as the energy of the plant is picked up and sent through a MIDI synthesizer and it makes music. So it's really beautiful and we're happy to include that as a bonus with this program. You know, and the intention is that this is a money BS buster, belief system buster. So it's here just to go in conjunction with the work that we're doing in the new operating system. So I just wanted to share with you, what do you think about that, the plant music? I've heard you speak before and you speak of the plants and it's like, oh, you must think this is great. Oh, my gosh. I can't even tell you. So first of all, listening to plant music. Okay. So I got to tell you the first time I ever experienced this. I went to a place called Domenher in Italy. Yes. This man way back when, uh, I think they called him Falco, he basically... I mean, it was a little bit weird. It's a little. It's quite quite a galactic story, let's just say. Mm. But they basically built a whole set of civilization in the last sixty years in a mountain, not on a mountain. They excavated the inside of a mountain and built these temples to humanity. It was just crazy. This guy mm. kept this Falco guy kept channeling really cool ideas, right? And one of his ideas was, hey. You know, the plants can talk to each other. This is decades ago. And um, I saw a video of exactly what you just described, plants talking to each other. And I went, oh, my God, I have to go there and I have to listen. I have to, I have to sit there and watch this happen and feel it and be immersed in it. And it was actually quite life-changing because as I sat in the midst, at the, you know, they hooked up all the diodes and everything that you do, and real time, this music started playing from, I mean, it's just so beautiful and harmonic. And the longer we waited, the more the trees sang, you know, and it was just so incredible. It's like being immersed, or no, it's like we're always immersed in the homeopathic remedy of nature because we're surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. So that song is happening whether we hear it or whether not. Whether we right? hear it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you actually hear it, you cannot refute that it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? Your brain, people could tell you all day long that the trees are singing or that they're, they talk to each other or there's a relationship or there's a symphony of trees. But when you actually hear it, mm. it's a whole different ball game so that's a it's a really amazing experience to be able to listen to the song of plants for sure beautiful it is it is an activation and it transmutes the lower denser energies of fear and anger and depression and so that's a powerful tool that we can mm-hmm. use. And you know what I find with it? It's creativity, the creativity. We really are interfacing our consciousness with plants. Uh, and when we um, use that music and use it in our environment to raise the frequency, boy, it's amazing 
how we can get lost in our work, lose mm-hmm. track of time, and yep. just be in service with it and enjoy. Um, people reported like medical things, like they they get off blood pressure medicine because they calm yep. down much. So it really 100%. is like you said. It's the it's the homeopathic sound, homeopathic yeah. music. It's- yeah, it's like the it's like the remedy for the craziness in the world because, you know, plants don't operate from oh I gotta get here I gotta get there I gotta go grow a branch this way you know I gotta get more bark over here it just mm-hmm. it doesn't happen that way it actually is presumed that everything it it needs is going to grow in whatever way and even if a plant didn't you know they got some termites or whatever it was. The fact that it falls down and then creates food, but like everything operates in such ridiculous abundance and synergy. It's so transcendent of the way human beings currently think. But imagine if we could all catch up to that way of operating with life, that that we would be that synced up. And the funny thing is, Loren, it's like, you know, Incans were pretty far removed from their starseed wise ancestors, but they still remembered how connected they were. I mean, they were pretty, they were violent, but there were so many cosmically and naturally connected things about them that kept them in flow um, with themselves. Um, Mayans as well. Um, many of the Druids, so many of the ancient cultures actually understood everything that we're talking about right now. They understood that we are all in connection and communication, whether we're speaking and using our ears or not, that our cells themselves are sender-receiver satellite dishes. We're sending and receiving information constantly and in a much more deep way than what we could ever say or hear. And if we operate from that place, which is another principle of the new operating system, when we start to understand that we're in relationship with everything far more from that sense, from the photons that are being exchanged through our receptor site, when we operate from that place, all of a sudden, you know, what we say is far more guided by much deeper and more harmonious wisdom, much like the way the plants operate. Wow, this is a beautiful conversation with Jennifer Huff. And in our upcoming Mastery Empowerment class, I know you're going to talk about the photon packages of light. Yeah. And really how we can work with those and understand that we are transmitting them. So if we are transmitting and receiving, what do we do with that? You're going to share all about that in our course, but I wanted to let you end with something that reminds us of this power of the great beings of light that we are. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about how funny it is, right? We're literally beings of light. We are giving off photon packages of light from 75 trillion cells in our body such that those photon packages of light, so basically information packages, like so 
I always wondered, you know, I always ask spiritual questions that get scientific answers. My spiritual question was, why do we have intuition and instincts and how come I just know stuff sometimes and I don't know how the hell I know it? And my mother was the same way and she certainly was a much more pragmatic, practical, down-to-earth person than me. And so my mother was that way as well. And I thought, what is that? Like, are, like, what is actually biologically happening when we have an instinct? Mm-hmm. And the answer that came after so many uh, studies and looking at various and sundry teachers and all of that um, came through science. And it was that we give off bios. Trees uh, were the first things to be found to give off biophotons. But now they're starting to realize that our brains and our heart give off biophotons, and those biophotons emanate information about who we are and our direction and our personality and uh, our mood and all of these kinds of things. And those photons travel around the Earth seven times in a second. So imagine instantaneously, not just the person you're next to, but everyone on the whole planet knows where you're at. You know, I don't mean where you are at in location. I mean, where you're at spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is, that's how we get instincts. That's how we know things that we couldn't possibly know. That's how deja vus happen, because there is no time and space in that realm. And, of course, our 75 trillion cells also receive those photon packages of light. So we're receiving information from each other all the time, and depending on what's important to us, we'll receive information And depending on how in the way we are, we'll receive information that could change the rest of your life and have you thriving forward forever, you know. So, so, and that's infinite wisdom. That's not just, you know, that kind of wisdom comes from, comes from the resources that are so far beyond our limited history and our limited brain. So that is yet another principle in that new operating system we're going to talk about. Well, beautiful. We are ready to thrive and to expand forward without limits. Oh, that is a class coming up in Jennifer's special offer. You can find the link right there. We have a quick link for it. It's bit.ly slash Jennifer special. And you can access that mastery empowerment course, the new operating system for humanity. A beautiful course to really make that great change and to catch up with the way nature works. And you reminded us of the indigenous peoples who always say to just be back in the flow of nature. Well, now we know what that means. So we invite everyone to join us for our Mastery Empowerment course. That will, by the way, be on Zoom where you can see Jennifer and myself. And it's amazing because when you see this beautiful, amazing woman, Jennifer, that's a whole separate activation as well. She is a powerful force here to make great change and to assist you to make great change as well. So, Jennifer, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this quantum conversation. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for having your program so I could be here. And thank you for following your heart so that um, we could have the conversation in the first place. And thank you for all you do. And I'm just 
so happy to be able to uh, commune with um, your listeners. Uh, we feel empowered. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thank everyone for listening, for opening your heart, and reaching for those solutions. That's what New Earth is all about, and we got this. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your bright light. Now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. Quantum Conversation, and thank you for dancing with us to the Cosmic Heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all Quantum Conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, 
And from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.